Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. And so uh, as a quick reiteration of where we'd come through, we were in the course of looking at justice, joy, and jurisprudence. We saw that justice is simply a judgment. It's a ordinance. It's a verdict that's pronounced judicially. I mean, that's everybody... Uh, justice. Was justice done? Yeah, you know, whatever. And so we look at it that way. The, the verse that I have to jump into here, I, I mean our key phrase is in Proverbs 2, 9 in the Passion Translations, it says, then you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair, and be empowered to make the right decision. Oh, to discover what's just, proper, and fair. Be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. My goodness, as we walk into our destiny, we have a planned out destiny for us. Do we all know what we're walking into? Do we all know, do we know the step of the Lord that sits right before us? See, I mean, his word is a light unto our feet. And so if his word is sitting there before us, you know, we don't need to know what's all the way out there. All you really need to know is what the next step is, especially when life gets dicey and you're stuck on the side of a cliff or you're, you're walking in dark areas and things like this. What you really need to know is the next step. You don't need to know what's at the end of the mountain or at the end of a trail or, or those type of things or all the way across the room in the dark. What you need to know is what your toe is going to contact next. I mean, that's what's necessary. So the Word of God reveals the destiny for us, and we need to know our destiny. And so as we do this, we look here and we discover that this, the justice of God, the Word of God, the commands, the laws of God, create and show forth firm foundations, firm footing. It gives you solidarity in your life so that you will not be shaken. And so... We'll see how walking through testing reveals the wisdom of God. To understand how one is to stand as a declaration of God in the middle of a crooked and perverse generation. We will see the divine provision of the Lord in unlikely and very uncomfortable circumstances. That only through adherence to the spirit of the law will one find their deliverance and be able to step into the inexpressible joy of the Lord. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And they're plans for good, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. And so, that's our synopsis of what we're trying to study here today. And so, we're going to, I'm going to start with Psalms 119, verse 97 in the Passion Translation today. And just listen to how this reads and, and how it looks. And listen to the heart cry of David. And, and I have to hit two or three quick little moments on this. And then we can get into the teaching. But we, but we need to be able to bounce back to the word of God and hold our base as we go into this. And so Psalms 119.97 says this. Oh, how I love and treasure the revelation of your word. Throughout the day, I fill my heart with its light. By considering your commands, I have an edge over my enemies, for I take seriously everything you say. Can we say that about, I mean, you're talking to somebody that has a hard time being serious, right? I mean, anybody know this about me yet? 
Um, but what are we supposed to do? For I take serious, are we going to be accountable for every word that we speak? So, yeah, you're right. He's 100% right. For I take seriously everything you say. Why does he take it seriously? I'm going to back that up. By considering your commands, I have an edge over my enemies. Who wants to be a winner? Well, then let's take seriously everything he says. It's not the time for that. Oh, okay. I can do this. I can control myself. It's not the time for that. Verse 99, you have given me more understanding than those who teach me. Love it. This is the, word, the Lord speaking to us. And through. For I have absorbed your eye-opening revelation. You have graced me with more insight than the old sages, because I have not failed to walk in the light of your ways. Glory. Oh, here, next verse, 101, right here. Here it is, 101, right? The beginning. 101, I love this. This, this, is, this is good right here, 101. Um, I refused to bend my morals when temptation was before me so that I could become obedient to your word. I refused to bend my morals when temptation was before me so that I could become obedient to your word. I refuse to turn away from difficult truths. Who's going to refuse to turn away from a difficult truth today? Yeah, I'm going to refuse. It's difficult. You know what separates an amateur from a professional? The professional did more difficult things. They put in the time. They put in the effort. They put in the energy. What stopped somebody at a low level does not stop somebody at a high level. So if you're going to become a high-level functioning, mature Christian instead of an immature Christian, you're going to press through a difficulty that others stop at. And so, I refuse to turn away from difficult truths, for you yourself have taught me to love your words. How sweet are your living promises to me. Sweeter than honey is your revelation light. For your truth is the source of my understanding, not the falsehoods of those who don't know you, which I despise. Who's speaking in your life? Plenty of people. How many of them are speaking the word of God in your life? We can despise that word. You can despise it. And so... <coughs> We changed the microphone to the other side. i got to put the other hand up if I cough. Anyway, um, I'll get there. I'll, I'll get better. Uh, now I'm going to touch. i got to grab two more verses, and then we're going to ask a question. Two more verses. This one here happens to be in John chapter 5. We're going to do 19 and verse 30. I'm just going to touch these two verses um, just for a second, um, with, uh, and uh, we'll expound later. John 5 19 says this, For Jesus answered and said to them, Most surely I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. And verse 30 says this, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. 
and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. So, here's the question that we're going to start off with. Can one assume to be justified if they're thinking about being self-justified? No. We don't get to be self-justified. So, when we start those big words off with the words I, oh, yeah, uh, but, but it's my right, but it's my, so who's the one that vindicates you? Who's the one that gets to offer vengeance? Who's the one that's in control of these things that you trust so much in his love that he has your best in mind? And so, we're going to jump in to Mark 14, and we're going to look at this. Mark 14, verse 27. Mark 14, 27. Then Jesus said to them, all of you... How many is all again? Oh, okay, okay, just, just checking. All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Okay. So, if you were standing in the midst, did you get included? Okay. So, what, what does this normally do to you as a believer if I told you that you're going to stumble? What are you going to say? Number one, what's the first thing you're going to tell me? Oh, yeah, you're going to say, no, you're not, right? Okay. I, I know that we don't have it in red up there, but what color is it in half of your Bibles when he said that? Okay. We're going to press into some things here, and this is where it starts to get tough. This is going to be a fun one today. So, did Peter hear the word of the Lord? Okay, Romans tells me that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So when the red letters were spoke, we heard the word of who? Jesus? Just Jesus? Just Jesus? Or did we hear the word of God? Because now we're going to reference that verse that we just read in John 5, 19 and 30, where it says he doesn't do anything but what he hears his father say, and he doesn't or do, you know, he doesn't say unless he hears it and do what he does. So Jesus told them, all of you will be made to stumble. Okay, let's go to the answer. Verse 29, Peter said to him, even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not. So... In our camp, I could do that, word of faith, Bible-believing people, we say, no, that's not a positive faith confession. I'm going to stumble. Ooh, just got quiet, huh? We just, we're going to run up against this tonight, or today. Jesus says to him in verse 30, 
Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. 31. But he spoke even more vehemently. Peter's like, he didn't, he's now insulted. You're not telling me I'm going to stumble. You're telling me I'm going to deny you three times? Are you kidding? I'm not going to deny you. I've been walking with you. I left my business for you. I walked away from my family for you. I gave up everything I had for you. You're telling me that I'm going to stumble? I don't have anything left, Lord. What do I own? What do I have? Where's my dignity? Where's my respect? I gave it all up. You're telling me I'm going to stumble? I'm not going to stumble. Verse 31, he spoke more vehemently. If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And the last part of the verse, and they all said, Likewise. Peers. The whole church is doing this right now. Right? Nobody. I don't. So, because they're all together and this is a whole church body, they can ignore the word of the Lord. We can just uh, send it out. Right? Why, why do we got to listen to, I mean, the first words were in red, but, you know, I mean, Jesus only did what his father said. So, I mean, the word of the Lord was spoken, and faith came, right? These guys heard the word of the Lord, so they have full ability to believe what the words of Jesus were. They knew that he hasn't lied to them as of this point in time. So, if he has never lied to them, I mean, crud. We don't got to listen to it. We're, we're all going to, nope, nope, we're not going to do it. I will not submit myself to the word of the Lord. See, do we listen to the word of the Lord when we don't want to hear it? We have to have quiet time. It's not pleasurable, everything that the Lord will say to you. If you believe in the fantasies, the fallacies, the utopian society ideas of Christianity, you are so far removed, you are deceived, you are blinded, you are shackled, you are imprisoned, you have been given into a place that the enemy has. And you will not be functioning in power, authority. You will not be doing things for the kingdom of heaven. You will be restrained to a pew seat or even less in your life. Because whom the Son is set free is free indeed. And so, do we have... Do we assume to have the audacity to deny the most high of his judgment? God, you're wrong. I'm not going to fall. 
You know what that answer is? Simply put, pride. You esteemed yourself over the word of God. You esteemed your acquisition or understanding of your facilities. I'll never, you know, be tempted that way. No. You, you took on pride. And we know that what goes before pride, destruction. So we're walking belligerently into, you know, a big mess. And we're gonna, it's going to be just fine. I heard the word of the Lord. There must be firm foundation for me to step. And we find ourselves laid out. I didn't see it coming. You didn't listen to the word of the Lord. So, self-justification is not justice. It's subverted. It tries to undermine the authority of God. When God is the one who justifies you, then you do not have to worry about falling because he is there to bear you up with the full power of heaven, with all the might of everything that he's ever done, created, all all everything has been released. He empties out the throne rooms of heaven with all the blessings and all the goodness and everything and pours it out to you. But when you do it in and of yourself, you've removed that and said, I can do it. We essentially try to create our own destiny, no longer in cooperation with the one who knows our future and no longer following the leading of our master. We strike out on a course of our own as a God unto ourselves. The problem is, his word will come to pass. Peter denied the Lord. came to pass because why does the word come to pass once he releases it from his lips he watches over it to perform it so now we got ourselves in a quandary um we can hear from the lord and it ain't pretty and we can Use all the faith words we want. You're going to break, make all the positive confessions, get all the people together. More people pray about this. More people pray about this. Not going to fix your finances, bud, until you become obedient in your finances to God. Not going to fix your marriage. Not going to fix your kids. It's not going to fix anything until you become obedient to God. Because when God is your most high and he's the one you're submitted to, he's the one you're yielding to, now he has the authority and right to operate in your life. And so, <coughs> now some people got to realize this. I, I have to say this. Some people have to realize, um, don't get upset, court's still in session. Oh, I've seen such bad things happen to bad, you know, people, and, and they, they, they do the Job stuff. Oh, you know, I'm losing it all. It's Job. Well, what's Job's end? We got to look at the end. Court's still in session. 
Don't get upset. The judgment hasn't been issued. Now, okay, we are eternal spirits, correct? Anybody going to say that I'm just a temporary blip on the thing with no eternity within my heart? We were planned out before the foundations of the earth. He's had us in his mind. He's thought about us. He intended for us. This is our time. That's why we're here. He said, go, sent your spirit to the earth to indwell right now the body that you have right now. In the color that you have, in the sex that you have, in the everything that you have, he gave you what you are so that you can use the facilities of who you are to become the best, what a best that you are right now. He gave that to us. And he planned you and he purposed you. And now's our time. This is our time. And this is who we are. And so we see, though, that the Lord releases us, destines us, purposes us, plans us, gives us this time, and then we don't give him his. We say, I'm going to use the good education of religion and tell God, yeah, no evil will befall me. We can start going into Old Testament prophets where one shows up and tells the king of Israel, he brings horns, and he's like, oh, he puts them on. I love this. You're going to tear apart the king that's coming at you, you know, and he's he's got his horns on his head. This is what you're going to do. And the other prophet's like, "Uh, no, you're going to die. You're going to die. God, it had to be a great show, though, right? Watching a guy put on those horns, he spent time making them, maybe sharpening them, maybe painted some cool, you know, things on the edges of them. For what? Did he hear from the word of the Lord? Will it come to pass? No. The word of the Lord stands true. So don't get upset. Court's still in session. God's not in a hurry. His strength resides in those who wait on him. I will wait on the Lord and I will renew my... Okay. If we wait on the Lord, we'll renew our strength. If we take the mindset of eternity and know that he planned us out beforehand and he has our future in mind all the way to eternity, then and only then can we understand the judgment of God. If we only look at the photo of this moment, you'll probably miss it. Oh, Lord, what I'm suffering right now. Jeremiah. Prophet Jeremiah He's the one that prophesied against the guy with the uh, horns, by the way, saying that uh, the king's going to come, Nebuchadnezzar's going to come, he's going to wipe out um, Jerusalem, he's going to tear down the temple, everything, it's, it's bad, man, it's bad. We're all going down, it says those that stay inside the city, they're going to be killed by uh, disease, they're going to starve to death. There was cannibalism. They were eating their children. It says that fathers were eating their sons and sons were eating their mothers. And they resorted to cannibalism. They were inside this place. It's a horrible, disease-filled place. And it says you're going to die by pestilence or disease. You're going to die by the sword if you go outside. These people are all going to die. And Jeremiah does this. they like, I hate you, Jeremiah. You brought this word to us. I don't believe it. And they throw him in a, in a, in a cell. They imprison him. Well, here's the catch. They imprisoned him. He comes back out and he said, now prophesy to us something right. And uh, he goes, no, it's coming. 
You're going to die, you're going to die, or you're going to die. So pick your way. How are you going to die, Jack? He said, but if you'll just repent, you'll be fine. Well, judgment's coming. And they said, the, the high priest and everybody, these other prophets, they get so ticked at him, they throw him into the house. I think it's Jonathan the scribe. They, they throw him in there <coughs> into a well, and he's rotting, he's sinking, he's now like dying. And they said, he's going to die. I mean, he is a prophet. He has been right in the past. They tell the king he's going to, and the king's like, oh, pull him out. Pull him out. Throw him back into the prison house. And make sure that he has bread. He eats of the king's bread. So, cannibalism is going on inside the streets. And the prophet of God is sitting in prison getting bread every day. Where's the provision of the Lord? Mm. When they come in and Nebuchadnezzar takes over the town, rounds up all the high-end dignitaries, slaughters them, kills them. Like 68 of them, it said, of the town, kills them all. Um, he, t- he takes all the poor, the poorest of the poor. Prisoners are included in that. And they leave them to populate and take care of the place when they transport all the other captives back to Babylon. So now Jeremiah is released. Another thing that he did while he was in prison during that time, before Nebuchadnezzar came in, the Lord told him to go redeem some land, and he actually bought property because the Lord told him, you will again plant, you will again build, you will again have. So in the middle of what does not look good at all, I said uncomfortable and unlikely, right? Did I use this example for the circumstances? So in the middle of an uncomfortable and unlikely place, Jeremiah is sitting here, buying land, sitting in prison, half starving to death, but he has food. And then when the king, Nebuchadnezzar, comes in and takes over, and they leave him, he has land, prestige. He got what? What? So where are you? If you take your picture, you may be sucking mud in the bottom of a well right now. If you listen to the word of the Lord, your provision is in front of you. Okay? That was all Old Testament-ish, right? I'm pretty sure. If you cared to know, that was Old Testament. So, let's go to Matthew 15. Matthew 15 here. Matthew 15, verse 21. 15, 21. It says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Okay? Is there a battle between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light? Okay. So when this is presented to you as a believer, and somebody says this person's demon possessed, what is your what is your answer? Nobody wants to answer now, do they? Yeah, I I got this one all set up. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. 
okay, what's the other person besides you answer when they said, uh, I have somebody that's demon-possessed? What are they going to do? They're going to go cast it out, right? Because you're a believer, right? Full of power, full of might. You know who you are in the kingdom of God. I, I have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've, I can feel it. I'm kicking this. Everything's going nuts right now. Let's continue reading. So we got a, a woman that's crying out to Jesus, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed, verse 23. But he answered her not a word. Somebody walked up to you. They need healing. They need you to pray for their marriage. They need you to pray for their finances, pray for their kids. They, they, need, they need an answer. I lost my job. I got nothing left. They're standing in front of you and saying, don't you believe? Aren't you of the, a Christian? Oh, Lord, son of David, aren't you? Who are you, pastors? You're pastors. You got answers. You have to answer me. Jesus answered not a word. You know that that means that God walked away from her? He only did what he saw his father do. This takes prayer, by the way. When we're done today, get in your closets. Answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. You know they got cancer. Why are you going to pray for them? Send them away. I, you know where our finances are. We're not going to pray for them. Send them away. You, you know, just, just. Come on. People are going to see this. This looks bad. I thought you're faith people. I mean, I mean it looks bad when, when things don't happen, right? That means our pride got in the way, but whatever. Um, send her away. For she cries after us. Oh. So we went beyond just crying out. She's crying after us. Uh, uh, I believe, oh, I don't got it wrote in here. Um. Mark's account says that she kept asking. Kind of like Peter was venomous um, and, and, and was getting all agitated. She's asking, please, Lord, oh Lord, son of David, my daughter. My daughter's demon-possessed. I mean, come on. It's my kid. When's their age of accountability? What choice did they have? This is my kid. I'm not even asking for myself. I'm asking for somebody else. Lord, son of David. continue. Verse 24, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay. 
he tells her that she's not worthy. Right? I'll, I'll, I'll do this. We'll continue. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. So we went from crying to worshipping in these two words. She went from crying out to him, kept asking him, to worshiping him. And she's like, Lord, help me. And he goes, no, I'm not giving you an answer. I'm not called to you. But he answered and said, it is not good for the children's bread to be thrown to the little dogs. You're not worth it, is what we hear. You don't have value, is what we hear. I was called to the Jews at this time, not to the Gentiles. You are a Syrophoenician woman. You are not of who we are. I, this is not my time. Ooh, I love it. Oh, my God. It's the exact same as his mother at the wedding of Canaan, if you really care to know. You know, it's not my time, woman. Anyway, um, but... Uh, this is not who he's there for. And he's on a purpose-minded thing. Is he about his father's business? Okay, so he's purpose-minded. And so he says to her, it is not good to take the provision, the children's bread, and to just throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you deserve. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. What happened? When she said those words, she allowed judgment to be made upon her. She did not deny it. She said, I'm a dog. You judged me rightly. I'm not worthy of it. But I believe in you. And I know one thing that moves the hand of God. Faith. 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 When it grabs the heart of the Father, does not the hand follow? When somebody moves your heart, you move with it. And she reached into the heart of Jesus and manifested an answer. She said, yes, Lord. She submitted herself to being called a dog. We can't take offense. She would have missed out on her miracle. Jesus was not moved. So here's some things we've got to look at. Jesus was not moved by need. And it seemed like a very good religious need. Demon-possessed kid. He was not moved by a religious idea. He was not moved by crying or asking 
or by being kept asking is what it says in Mark. She kept asking. Anybody been pestered these ways? How did you act as a Christian? Religiously? We'll get to these answers. He was not moved by perseverance. She allowed Jesus to pronounce judgment on her. She allowed a ruling to descend from the Most High. Jesus only did and said what the Father did or said. Agreement with the Father produces manifestations of the Father. Agreement with the Father will produce manifestations of the Father. So, let's stick around here a little bit longer. On, 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 we'll kind of bounce back here to Peter. So, what happened to Jesus between those answers? We understand what she did. She submitted herself. She didn't get violated. But what happened to Jesus? He had to have heard something different from the throne room of heaven that said respond. What does that look like? Let's go to uh, Acts chapter 9. Let's look at a, a Acts chapter 9. This is not Jesus. This is Peter. This is restored Peter after denying Christ and being restored. This is, this is, this is <laughs> Peter on fire. Anyway, if, anyway never mind. <clears throat> we'll go back. Acts 9, verse 36. And at Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas, which is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because I call people Dorcas and I say it's biblical. And so that's just what I like to do. It's who I am. You get it. Anyway, this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Oh, she's such a good girl. She's so good. We're going to have to hit this at lightning speed. Okay. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Because surely she will be stinketh. Anyway. Um, then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widow. And all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was there with them. Look at her good deeds. Look what she does. Look at all this. I'm going to tell you that we need to justify that she needs to be raised because she's such a good person. And this is all her, you know, her friends, all the other widows and stuff. Look. Look at how good she Oh, she gave to this. She supported the community. She did all these things. She's so wonderful. She prayed for people. She did all this stuff. <coughs> this is why. Human reasoning, right? Persuade, perseverance, uh, all these people trying to get you to do something. Realize I'm trying to get you into a place of relationship with God. Because it's only through intimacy that any of these things happen. Um, let me continue here. Um, verse 40. But Peter put them all out. These people cared about her. They loved her. And he still removed them from the room. They were talking about the good things she did. Sorry, out. Remove them from the room. 
and knelt down and prayed. What is prayer? Communion with God, communication with God. Communication as a one-way street or two-way street? Two. Can't have communication on one, one direction. So Peter knelt down to listen and explain to the Father. Am I reading anything into this? Okay. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. What did he do? He didn't tell her to arise when he walked in the room. He took time to know what the Father had for him to do. Because your faith doesn't operate because you hear all these things. Your faith only works when you know the word of the Lord. As the Lord told me one time, he said this to me, and I was like, oh, my goodness. He said, I, hey, there's too many people out there in our camps that are grabbing every scripture they have on their subjects. And so what's it look like in a garden if you took every seed for the garden and shoved it in one hole? How good's your garden going to grow? So quit shoving every healing scripture down your healing verse, every financial scripture down your financial verse. Every, quit shoving it all down one hole. Learn how to cultivate your garden. Listen to the master. He will lead you intricately. Some seed is broadcast on the surface. Some seed is pressed under the soil. Learn how to appropriate your seed and build the garden of the Lord in your life and show forth the Eden that he has for you. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.